to Life in the Land of the Ice and Snow. My name is Heather, and I'm here today with my co-host, Shayna. Hi, Hello. Shana. Hello. <laughs> Just proving that you're actually here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, today, our guest is Adam from Cape Cod in the U.S., or at least very close to Cape Cod. Yeah, uh, a town called Falmouth uh, on Cape Cod. It's like if you're familiar with the geography, it's like the arm part of Massachusetts, and uh, okay. Falmouth is the armpit part, but we're actually, you know, much better quality than uh, you know, the others. <laughs> so you don't go around calling yourself the armpit? Uh, <laughs> no. Um, usually, I guess, if you're from New England or the U.S., you kind of have a preconceived notion of what Cape Cod is like. Definitely. I mean, I've never been, and y- you know what I'm thinking here. It's all like yacht parties and... Yep, like <laughs> the Kennedys. Kind of yeah, exactly. yeah, pretty, pretty posh. But, so uh, so tell, us, tell us what it's really like to um, actually live there. I mean, it's a bit of both, really. Like, uh, it's very much a summer town. So, uh, like, year-round, probably 35,000-year peop- uh, people. Oh. And then in the summer, we swell up to 120,000. Oh, wow. Um, so it takes forever to get anywhere. But so that means our entire economy is based off of tourism. So, right. Um, in the, so, like, we had a pretty small school. Like, my high school class was like 150, 160 kids. Ah. And uh, yeah, like, pretty much the friend group that I became friends with, like, in, when I was five through middle school, like, we've been friends for till now uh, uh, since I moved abroad. And yeah, we all grew up playing sports together. So like, it's kind of like, you know, everyone, but you're not like in everyone's business, if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Um, So there's still some layers of separation. So if someone's like, hey, do you know this person? I'll be like, yeah, he was a year below me or she was a year above me. But like, I won't know too much about them other than maybe they played uh, like football or baseball or something. Right. Um, That's like the right kind of level of, you know, like not knowing too much, but also kind of that still small town community. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you're able to pull together sometimes while still being, you know, having some privacy, I guess, and not everyone up in your business. Um, But I mean, it was a great place to grow up. Like I was really fortunate to grow up in an area where people come only a few months of the year and kind of like it's their like vacation Um, so, I mean, my mom's house, um, growing up was just a couple minutes from the beach. So, um, for me, that was like a normal thing to go to the (laughs) beach all the time. And, um, like my friends would have boats, um, or we could just go over to Martha's Vineyard or Nantucket, um, like always at the beach in the summer. Um, and it was just a really, really good place to grow up. Um, good schools, I guess, as far as, uh. U.S. education is considered. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, it was just really, really nice. Like lots of space, like despite being um, super close to the coast, there's lots of like uh, parks and you can go to, like I said, the beach. Um, Pretty much everyone had yards and stuff. So it was kind of like a a good place to grow up for sure. Then why did you leave? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What what got you over here to Sweden? I mean, fair question. I mean, I guess uh, when I was younger, like in like college, like 20, 21, uh, I really had no idea what the future would look like for me. Uh, so after I graduated uh, when I was 22, I did the typical thing of, you know, maybe Americans do and like they go abroad for a month or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just packed a backpack that I got from my buddy 
and just went to Northern Europe. So I went to like London, um, Stockholm, Copenhagen and Amsterdam. Um, and during that trip, I was like, Oh, I really, really like it over here. Like I could kind of see myself living here one day. Um, and then when I got back to the U S so this was in 2016 and then like I started working in like a corporate office job and I was just like, is this supposed to be the next like 50 years of my life? And I kind of saw the the big house or the house, the pick white picket fence, the yard, bringing myself or bring my kids to hockey practice in the, you know, suburban or the minivan and uh, sitting in traffic <laughs> three hours a day and just like kind of like being like unhappy. So I kind of had yeah. a, a quarter life crisis, um, if that's a, a thing. <laughs> yes. And I was kind of like, OK, uh, what what can I do? Because I don't want to really be stuck in one place forever because yeah. the world is wicked big and there's so much to see, so much to do. And, um, yeah, I didn't really want to, like, I just saw everything. I saw my whole future developing in front of me and I was like, it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, so I kind of came up with a plan. Um, actually like in the first week of my corporate job, I was like, how can I get out of this? <laughs> uh, so I started looking at master's programs, uh, cause I knew I wanted to go back to school and I wanted to live in Europe at some point. So I figured, why don't I, you know, combine both of them? Uh, and after doing some research, I found out, okay, I can actually get in. Here are some good programs. So I pretty much just made like a spreadsheet of like 15 universities that interested me that I thought I could get into. Um, and then in the summer of 2018, uh, I had to save up all of my vacation time from my job and then just splurged it like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and came over to Europe uh, and toured some universities. So I toured a couple in Germany, um, one in Stockholm, uh, Berlin, uh, where else? and then I just went to Paris as well. And then, yeah, so that kind of made me like like visualize where I could live because if I'm going to move somewhere, I didn't want to just show up fresh off the plane and be like, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to know what the vibe of the city was like, kind of, you know, just see if I can actually picture myself living there. Um, and so then, yeah, then I had to study for the GMAT because uh, I got a, a master's of business administration degree. Okay. Um, and yeah, I do not recommend the GMAT to anyone. <laughs> uh, it was Sorry, what is the GMAT? So the graduate management admissions test. Uh-huh. It's pretty much like a prerequisite to get into an MBA program. Got it. Um, and it, and like, Oh, it's awful. <laughs> but you did it. I, I did it. I did it. <laughs> Luckily, uh, took it a couple times. And then, uh, yeah, so uh, long story short, I was between going to school in Copenhagen, Stockholm, or Dusseldorf, Germany. And I got into uh, Dusseldorf, the one in Dusseldorf. And I didn't come to Stockholm because it was a different program. Mm-hmm. And Copenhagen wanted me to retake the uh, GMAT. So I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Those Danish people. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I ended up going to study and live in Dusseldorf, Germany for my MBA in um, August of 2019. Great city. Uh, really have only nice things to say about it. Um, people were wicked friendly there. Um, like right on the Rhine, so it's in like oh, uh, Western yeah. Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had great classmates um, who I'm still very close with, and we were a very international group. But as you can imagine, coming from Cape Cod, uh, water is quite important to me. Mm-hmm. And being like having access to water is just something I've always had. So I kind of felt a little trapped. Landlocked. Landlocked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so then uh, after I graduated and uh, January of 2021, I was looking for jobs, um, 
really anywhere because it was also the middle of like Corona. So it wasn't mm-hmm. really easy. Um, so I was applying for jobs in Stockholm, Copenhagen, London, Amsterdam, uh, and Berlin and Dusseldorf. And then, uh, but I really wanted to, you know, I would go anywhere, but I had a few places that were top of the list Yeah, and, uh, happened to get, uh, yeah, find a, a job here in Stockholm. They were looking for a native U S English writer, uh, who had a journalism degree cause that's what I did my bachelor's in. And I guess they liked me. So, uh, so <laughs> here I am, um. And yeah, I mean, I think it it really all worked out. And a year and a half down the line, if I had to do it all over again, I absolutely would. So you start out in Dusseldorf. Yeah. How did you find a place to stay? Or did you have somewhere like at the university that you could stay? So there were no dorms. I found an apartment off campus, like in the Derendorf district. If if you have ever heard of that, (laughs) probably not. But yeah, so I found like uh, it was pretty small, like 20 something, 22, maybe 21 square meters. Very much like student living. Because I pretty much had to save up a bunch of money to, you know, pay for school, support myself in order to of get course, over there. Yeah. So I was not living in luxury. It was very much a, a college student. But it was like you were able to find a place. Yeah, I pretty much just had to, just like there's um, Block It, it was a something similar hmm. over oh, there. Okay. I just kind of emailed the guy, uh, or it was actually a woman, a uh, property manager. I was like, hey, I'm Adam. I, um, here's my acceptance letter to this university. I have all the paperwork and they kind of were just like, okay, sure. Here's the apartment. And then I kind of showed up on like August 3rd or August 4th or whatever and got the key and then moved in with like two bags. And that was uh, (laughs) all of my possessions. So I pretty much gave everything away or sold it. Like I sold my car. Yeah. Gave my like Xbox and stuff to my friends. and Me too. I gave everything away. And then later I was like, Wait a minute. What did I do with? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Legit. It was just <laughs> I like might cl- want that back. just clothes and like shoes and clothes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but it really was wasn't too. I mean, it was a little difficult doing it from the U.S. But as it was getting closer and closer to the time, I was just like, I got to go for it. Like, just pick something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. And if I don't like it, I can move later or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So in contrast, how was it finding a place to stay in Stockholm? To be honest, it was actually easier here. I know I have a... People don't want to hear that. I know. I'm, I'm quite <laughs> oh, fortunate. No, we went to Cape Cod. And no, we yeah. found a place we in Stockholm. We want to hear the success right stories as well. I mean, uh, well, I mean, I know like, I'm just kind of fortunate uh, sometimes, and things tend to work out. Like, uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, I also was pretty direct. Um, so I found a place that I really liked in a nice part of the city. That was like cheaper than anything else out there. So I was very like direct to the guy uh, on block it. Like I messaged him. I was like, hey, I'm Adam. You know, I'm from the U.S. I have this degree. I just graduated. I have a job. I want this apartment. And then like I filled out my profile on block it. They just like had I had as much information as in there as like I could. Yeah. And then uh, I called the guy and I was like, hey, you know, this is Adam. I really want like I found their number online, called the agent and I was like, I want this apartment. And he was like, "Okay, you can have it. And I did this from Dusseldorf. It was like way too easy um, because I had had heard nightmares (laughs) uh, about it. Yeah, but I don't think I think that's the idea is like the direct approach. It doesn't really happen very often. People are like, maybe I'll do this and maybe I'll like apply for it. But like picking up the phone. Is but it's also a very American trait, too, to, yeah. to do that, because uh, generally Swedes don't like to 
yeah. have any kind of confrontation or I mean, even though that's not like a, a rude thing, it's still nobody really yeah, wants to call directly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it, but it I mean, if this keeps working for you, keep doing it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, well, I was also told that it would be difficult and like that it was going to be tough. So that's yeah. why I was like aware of like you have to be proactive. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not going to come to me. Yeah. Um, but that, I think that's life in general too, yeah, right? D- definitely. Yeah. That's definitely some fortune cookies I have. So I have one more question. Yeah. Swedish culture shock. Anything that you were like, oh my God, why are we doing it this way? Uh, I guess coming from Germany, for sure, the price of alcohol and stores <laughs> like the system blog it being closed on Sunday. Yeah. That's uh, a tough one to swallow, um, for sure. Um, you have to remember, and you have to be aware when it's like a holiday weekend too. Yeah. And usually, everyone like in your neighborhood groups or on the internet will remind you, "Hey, heads up, everybody! Friday is a holiday, and so is Monday. So if you want to be okay during the weekend, get to the liquor store now on yeah. Thursday." You have to be super like uh, strategic and plan it out. Yes. Um, so that was one. I guess like a good culture shock um, would be uh, everyone was like super open and kind when it comes to speaking English because mm. sometimes in Germany like I'd be in a group setting and then like with some Germans and they would just switch to German and then it would like never come back mm-hmm. <laughs> but but here if it switches to Swedish you know someone will be like oh maybe we should switch to English uh, which is super nice and super like wholesome and on another level like if I walk into any store I personally feel bad about it but I know I can get away with speaking English uh, meanwhile in Germany, like if I go to like the local, whatever kiosk or like, like a pizza shop or something, it's going to be like, I'll have to speak German. Right. So kind of in both ways, good and I guess bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what about, did we cover Swedish problems yet? Cause we got to, we got to cover Swedish that. Problems, Do you have any Swedish problems? One, no air conditioning is a, a yeah. bit of an yes. issue. Global warming is not helping this case, yeah. right? No, not great. Um, and I didn't buy a fan, so that's that's on me. Oh, you have to. And yeah. they do often sell out of fans like yeah. by the by mid, mid-June. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got to prepare in advance. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then the laundry booking of oh. advance. That's uh, like I have no problem with like a shared whatever yeah. laundry room. Uh, but it's like I always forget to like that I have to do it. And, or that I have to book it until it's time, and then I go down and like, yeah. I have to wait three days or four days. Yeah, you know? because it's all booked up. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, and what at least at my building, there's only five times per day that you can book it, and one of those times is seven in the morning. Right. So, and then with work, you're kind of limited. Yeah, I know. So that's why sometimes I'll just work from home the day that I'm doing laundry. Yeah, good so idea. So that way I can get two birds with one stone. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I mean, I guess. It was a problem in the beginning until you have like bank ID or Swish. You're kind of just like out of it. Yeah. Yeah. You realize how much like you can't do without that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. And the second you get it, it's like a whole, not new world, but like a door opens or just like life is so much easier. And like, that's right. I get it. um, Because super digital. Like, I mean, we have something similar back home, but like, I guess you just have to have the Swedish version of it, which makes it so much easier. How long did it take you to to get like a bank ID? And right again, it's going to sound fortunate, but it only took me like three months. Okay, Um, that sounds like a long time to me to have to be without it. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. But it took um, 
Like, I guess to get the ID didn't take too long, but then I went on holiday. So I moved in late April and then I had the appointment, I think in May or something. And then they said it would take like three months or something to get the ID, but it came in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I didn't have the appointment for bank ID until I got back. But I guess this, I, I don't know how I overlooked this. I did have one huge problem, not with bank ID or anything. Uh, and it wasn't my fault, thankfully. But when I went home in July of 2021, so last year, it was the first time I'd ever been home since, you know, Corona and since I moved to Europe in 2019. So it was almost two years abroad. And I, I go back home and then uh, I'm getting ready to leave like the day of and uh, I check my email and I have like five urgent emails from my landlord, uh, essentially saying that while I was gone, my apartment flooded. <sighs> Um, and then, I mean, so I had to call them and get the explanation of like, there was so much water that when newspaper people, whoever put the brochures through the, the mailbox saw how much water there was. So we had to like call the, uh, security guy or whatever maintenance guy and they had to like break down my door and then just like. The whole yeah, what happened? Yeah, it was like yeah, c- clogging. I think in the piping because I'm on the first floor, so water just came up through the pipes. Oh, yeah. Oh. And uh, yeah, so no. it wasn't your fault, which no, is fantastic. It was not my fault. Right? Um, so yeah, my whole apartment flooded. Kind of sucks that I like I lost a bunch of shoes and stuff, which I was kind of upset yeah. about. Um, but like, no, it was just the floor. It didn't really lose too many clothes or anything. Yeah, and so then I had to have an emergency like evacuation flat for like. They said a couple months, but it really was nine months. So I moved. I was in an emergency flat from August of 2021 until April of this year. Wow. And I moved in. So I was in my actual apartment for three months and like an evacuation flat for nine months. So how does that work? Do you just keep paying your normal rent on the... No. So the way it worked is because it wasn't my fault, I had a like 100% reduced rent fee, but I had to pay rent for the new place. Okay, was in, and was that the same? It was like, same, it was like a hundred and so like a fifteen hundred crowns more, which okay. really wasn't like too bad. It was yeah. pretty manageable in the grand scheme of things. Um, Isn't there like insurance to cover all that? Well, stuff? that was the thing. I didn't know that I needed insurance. Uh, um, yeah, because I didn't read the fine print. So that's on. So, my, do you have insurance now? I do have it now. <laughs> Good. Great insurance. <laughs> Good. Uh, quite uh, manageable and. Uh, that's how I learned my lesson the hard way. Yeah, I think that is yeah. a fantastic, you know, lesson for our listeners. Yeah. Yes. Make sure you to get your insurance. insurance. Yes. Get your apartment insurance. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I mean, it was me being a, a huge oversight because when they said home insurance on like the package, I was like, I don't have a home. I yeah. don't need home insurance. No, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, why would you, right? Oh, yeah, so. yeah. yeah. And then I guess everything here is insured. So I didn't like you had like your cameras and stuff are insured. Like it's also, I guess, like uh, maybe uh it's a thing that I am not used to, so yeah, yeah. I didn't really think much I mean, about it. I mean, that's just adulting as well as figuring out this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I think it's time to wrap it up so we can go get some dinner. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, no, Adam. Thank you for, you for, for having me. One. Hopefully, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> people can learn from my mistakes. Yes. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, first they're going to be angry at your good fortune, yeah. but then see see it ends up and, and I guess yeah, kind of just was apartment. looking at the positives and yeah, pigeonholed <laughs> that uh, bad bad memory of nine months. Oh dear. All, All right. right, thank you. Thank no, you. thank you for having me so much. <laughs>